Hey everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or you're a seasoned vet, we're going to give you our over 40 years combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got a topic that we are very passionate about. We are talking about interest rates and why interest rates should not scare you. That's right. We're going to cover a few things. First off, off what we're going to cover is that these rates aren't actually high if you look at historical averages. Second, we're going to talk about ways that you could still buy today with these interest rates and maybe refi or some other options down the road to offset these rates. And last, when rates are low, prices, generally speaking, go up. So maybe now is the time to buy and then later refi. I get fired up whenever I'm talking about interest rates because I don't think interest rates should have ever been at 2%. I think that demand was very, very strong when interest rates were at 4 and 5%. And I think that driving interest rates down to 2% was very politically driven. You know, it was a way to really stimulate uh, the economy. I think they overshot it by a lot and you increase demand so much. You know, people were leaving their houses in droves because they could get more money for them. Then they could go find a house at a lower interest rate. And I think the big problem with it is now you've got people that have taken advantage of those 2% interest rates. They're never going to leave. And why would they? They're now in these houses for the long haul which means there'll be less houses on the market for sale. So why the government you know, allowed them to get to 2%, again, very politically driven, stupid, stupid mistake in my part. It's going to hurt a lot of people. And it's going to take a lot of time before we get out of this. Uh, this uh, it's going to take a lot of time before we get out of this inventory problem that we're seeing right now. Yeah, and by inventory problem, you mean a lack of inventory. There's a lack of inventory. Yeah. So and it's going to be like that. Yeah. You, we, we just uh, made it onto the top 10 fastest places uh, to sell in the Indiana, where we're located, Indianapolis, Indiana, top 10 fastest places to sell. It's because we are one of the, uh, one of the places, many places throughout the, the Midwest and the South where housing is still affordable. And so you look at the difference between a 2% house and a 7% house, when you're talking about average home prices of $250,000, there's not that big of a difference between that two and seven. Don't get me wrong. There is a difference. It is more expensive, but it's still attainable to buy a home in many of these places at these interest rates, which brings me to point one, which is these rates aren't even at historic highs. They're at highs since the 2008 bubble, but most of yours in my career that was before the bubble, we, w we couldn't have dreamed of anything under 9% for investment property loans. You know, Correct. Couldn't have dreamed of it. And going back into the 1980s, my dad's first loan was 18% for a VA with perfect credit. So, and you can go further and further and further back where it looks like the par is closer to 8% for your typical 30-year mortgage product. So, if you're sitting around waiting on the sidelines because you think these rates are high and that they're going to come down, you could be left on the sidelines for a very long time because historically these rates are not high. They're, they're high compared to the last 
decade, decade and a half, two decades, but historically at a longer lens, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't return down much further for a very, very long time, if ever. I think people have to get over the sticker shock because they got used to that uh, those crazy rates in the two, uh, twos and three percent. That is not normal. Um, it never should have been at two or three percent. Um, I always say it never should have been, you know, below four. But I mean, there's a case that you, you know, it never should have been below five. But you know, people now are saying, "Well, I'm not going to get a not going to get a mortgage because it was two percent." <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, eighteen months ago, and now it's eight. So you know, why would I? Why would I do that? And you know, I say this a lot in life in general. The windshield is a heck of a lot bigger, you know, than the rearview mirror. You got to forget about what was going on um, a year ago, eighteen months ago, and look forward. There is still opportunity out there at eight percent, you know. And like you, uh, you said at the at the intro here. If you want to get uh, into a lower rate, well, whenever rates go down, if and when that happens, you can always refi. But it's not a time to sit on the sidelines and bellyache about, oh, I could have had it 2%, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just 12 months ago. Yeah, okay, but that's, that's gone. That's and over. This is the advice I'm, I'm giving my own kids right now, keep in mind, because they're, you know, in, in college and finishing college and just finished college. And so what I'm telling them is, no, you don't sit on the sidelines. You buy now. You buy now for many reasons. A, you can refi later if rates go down, which I chased rates down with my own personal house. I never refi. I just sit back and, you know, pay off my mortgage. But I chased rates all the way down to two point. I think I have 2.6% on my, my home that I live in at home. Mm-hmm. So you can chase them down. I didn't buy my house based on rates. I bought my house based on it being a good house at a good price. And then you can always chase rates. So what I tell my kids right now is no, you find a house that you can afford the payment on with a little wiggle room that's another that's another thing people were buying way more house than they needed way more house than they should have because rates were so low so don't do that so go out buy an affordable home at a good price and the rate is what the rate is and you can always refi later if the rate goes down but keep in mind when those rates go down if it's anything like the last five years can tell you these prices will go up in accordance for sure and I also want to touch on, we talk about uh, the Midwest, you know, quite a bit, you know, on here because that's the market that we're in. And we also mention, you know, not every market is like ours. You know, you've got, uh, you know, West Coast markets, Northwest markets, Northeast markets that are considerably, you know, higher. And, you know, truth be told, you know, I don't have the experience, you know, in those, in, yeah. those, in those markets. I know all about them. And, but what would you say, a wise one, hmm. whenever you're talking to, let's say, um, a 30-year-old young professional with, uh, with a wife and kid in uh, New York, um, you know, that uh, you know, the average, you know, place in Manhattan is, I don't know, <laughs> is it, what a million i would think you know or somewhere yeah. around there like 
What would you say to them? Yeah, so somebody living in like a Portland or a, a LA or San Diego, San Diego, San New Francisco, York City, New York Sam, City. Correct. Um, I, I would say that now is your opportunity to build a portfolio of investment properties instead of focusing on what your house is. Because you're probably earning a lot of money in those markets where you live. And now is the time to be looking at the Midwest, the South, places like Birmingham, Alabama, where there's an abundance of affordable housing, where you can buy an awesome starter home for $150,000 to $200,000. An awesome starter home that will make an unbelievable rental. And there's so much rental demand in those places where people need these rentals. They need rental properties. We build them from scratch. We build townhomes. We build duplexes in these underserved markets. You and I do. I would suggest that they focus on building their real estate and her real estate holdings through rentals rather than in those markets. And the only reason I say that is because I'm risk averse and so are you. You and I believe that real estate has such amazing returns. So why add risk to it? And we believe that there is so much risk in those markets, markets like California and and uh, even Miami and, and these really priced out markets that there's no reason to have that much risk of a crash of a downside. When you look at Indianapolis and markets like Birmingham, Alabama and uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, during the 2008 crash, housing prices barely went down. Rental prices stayed steady. So if you're looking to build a low risk, really passive income, powerful real estate portfolio, you're going to have to think outside of the box if you live in those places, because I wouldn't put a penny of my own money in those markets. I wouldn't either. And again, we are generally talking about areas that are reasonably priced, um, you know, 250, 300, 400, even $500,000 on average, you know, homes. But some of those luxury markets, I think the sticker shock, and when I say luxury markets, I mean, just say even luxury, you know, homes in general, that the difference in payment, let's say I've got a, uh, a good friend of mine that just put his house up on the market here for $3.3 million. Ooh. Uh, and you look at, you know, let's say that someone was financing, let's just say $2 million, you mm-hmm. know, of that. So if you've got a $2 million mortgage, the difference in 3 and 8% is $100,000 of interest a year. Whoa. So, you know, you take 100000 you know, divide it out, you know, by 12, you're talking $8,000 per month difference between 3% and 8%. You know, and how many people out there you know, are willing to move past that $8,000 difference in payment. You know, does that hurt the the luxury, you know, market? I think it does. I think people are going to have a hard time getting over that sticker shock of, of interest. Now, there's still some people out there with really deep pockets that are out there buying in cash, and it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. But here in uh, the Midwest, there's very few people that have the cash to go out there and buy a $3 million home. You know, so what does, what happens in in, in that market? I mean, I, I don't know in the luxury market, you know, because like you said, how deep of the, is the pool of people 
who have the kind of resources that they don't care about the interest rate. There's, there's a whole pool of those folks, right? But I think that it depends on the inventory. And like you mentioned at the beginning, the problem is the people who own two and $3 million homes, which in our market is the top of the market. I mean, that's, that's basically the top of the market. That's the top of the market here. They're yes. not selling. If they have a 2% mortgage, what are they going to sell and do? What, like, where would they move? They're so, not you know, upgrade. My, my, my buddy is um, selling because he's, uh, he's older than us. He's an empty nester mm-hmm. and he's downsizing. So, you know, and I, and I told him this, I believe that it's going to be a struggle. One, there's very few people with the cash that would, that, that is, that is going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, you know, a lot of the people that would be looking for a house like that made sure that they got it locked in during this, right. uh, you know, this run up, um, you know, of, of real estate and three, you know, if you're, if you have to sell, and you know it doesn't move. I mean, you've only got one option at that, at that, and that's to dump your price. And whether it's him or it's somebody else in that upper upper tier market, there are going to be people that slash their their prices, which you know will take down the value of some of the more expensive real estate in our market. That yeah. is my personal opinion. That I think um, houses, you know, over one one and a half million dollars in our market are getting ready to see a correction. Probably. But, you know, that's 1% of the market. You know, it's, it's less than 1% in our town. And the reason, only, the reason I'm yeah. talking about it really is because I wanted to, to do the math and try to feel smart. Oh, yeah. You know, well, I mean, the, the difference in interest rate, the more expensive the home is, the more it's going to hurt. Right? I mean, it's, it's directly correlated. Yeah. I mean, math 101. But there's still affordable housing, housing even at 8%. Do the, do the math on on what a $250,000 house would be. What is that? $1,500 a month? Roughly. Yeah. So you can still buy a, a wonderful home in a lot of markets at $1,500 a month, which is real feasible for a lot of people. And if you do an FHA loan, you only need, you know, five to $10,000 down payment. And that's payment. the main market that we're talking to. You know, right. The difference in that particular scenario is the difference between, uh, you know, a, a thousand or eleven hundred dollar payment versus a fifteen hundred right. payment. So, right. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's who we're generally talking to. But you know, in some of those higher price markets, what is the top of the market here becomes more, um, you know, normal. You know, in other in, markets in, in San Francisco and right. and New York City. You know, a three million dollar home. I mean, they're they're everywhere. You know, it's very rare. You know, here in Indianapolis to to have a three million dollar home. I don't know why that hasn't crashed places like San Diego and San Francisco. I don't understand how it's sustainable at these interest rates. You know, I don't know how it hasn't, but again, it's that lack of supply It's because nobody with a $3 million house is trying to sell it right now because they'd have to buy something else. You know, they'd have to buy a house half as expensive and still have the same mortgage payment. Correct. So why would you sell? It's a fabulous point. You know, why would you sell? So it's, we're in we're in new territory. We truly are. We've never had a market that has this many. I believe it's over 60% of homes in the United States have a, a interest rate below 4%. I believe it's uh, over 60% of homes. None of those people should sell. Why would you? You know, unless you're forced to because of a job change. But even then, as you and I often talk about, if you have a job change, turn that 4% house into a rental property and keep it. Keep it, right. So, you know, 
who knows what's going to happen because we are in new territory, but having in the rear view mirror, these really low interest rates does a lot of strange things to the market, including keeps inventory low, keeps days on market really fast. Who would have ever thought with eight, eight percent interest rates, whatever people are getting today, that days on markets would be under 30 days in middle America, boring markets. I mean, houses are, are they're still com- uh, bidding wars on houses, even though rates are at what they are. And my argument is for any young people or, or even if you're, you know, successful, you have a few rental properties and you're like, I'm going to sit on the sidelines and wait for everything to shake out. You are going to miss out. We don't know what's coming next. There are signs that say that housing will get more expensive if rates come down. There are a lot of signs of that. If rates come down, there's going to be a lot of people that are sitting on the sidelines that are going to dive in. If rates come down, you have a lot of buyers who you're still not going to have the 2% houses hit the market, even if the rates come down a little bit. So you're going to have a lack of inventory. Fannie Mae says there's 8 million homes short as far as new builds out there for how many that this country needs. And they're not, housing starts are down. So now we're creating even more of an inventory problem. So there's a lot of things on the it, within the data that says, hey, if interest rates come down, prices could more than make up for any th- money you would save by, by trying to wait. So my advice is, if you want to own real estate as an investor, buy now, don't wait. You can always refi later to make up for it. Um, when, when rates are low, prices usually go up. So why not buy now and refi if you need to later as an investor, you and I believe in boring. We believe in cash flow investing. So the math is really, really simple. You figure out what the house is, what the interest rate are to calculate what your payment's going to be, right? And then you say, okay, I want to make $200 a month on top of that. If the numbers work, then it works as an investment because you'll make that $200 per month, which isn't much, but you're going to capture all the appreciation over the lifetime of that property. The tenant's going to pay that mortgage off for you. And when you add those three things together, you build amazing wealth. And you can't do that sitting on the sidelines, waiting to time everything. It's impossible. It is impossible. And you know, you and I say it all the time. Now's always the right time to be investing in real estate. That never stop. Always keep looking for deals. My personal opinion, I think rates are going to be flat for quite some time. We got uh, an election year on the horizon that's coming up. Uh, I think the last thing uh, that uh, you know that anyone wants is to is to raise uh, rates more and you know drive the economy you know down. I think that they're also very cautious as if they were to go down, they're going to create even more of an inventory problem that could have some some greater long term effects. So I believe that we are going to see um, rates at this level for the foreseeable future. I don't yeah. think they're going to go. Um, you know, a quarter point here, quarter point there, maybe, but I don't see any, um, any real movement, but fun topic, something I'm very passionate about. Sometimes I get fired up about it, but again, people don't be scared of where interest rates are at. Stay in the game. Yeah. My crystal ball is broken, so I don't know what's going to be happening. I can only tell you that I've never regretted buying real estate and holding it. And that's 
coming from somebody who, uh, two different people sitting here at this desk who bought heavily all through the 2008 crash, before the crash, after the crash, have been through a lot of market cycles. And I've yet to regret buying and holding real estate and building that wealth. And the reason is because it's allowed me to do things like take care of my mom. We talked a couple episodes about uh, your mom and some of the stuff that you were able to spend time with her and uh, take care of her through things. And as you know, my mom is out there, just moved her home from assisted living. So proud of her being in her own condo again. We gutted it, made it wheelchair accessible. And all of that is through the power of real estate. I came from nothing. If it wasn't for real estate, we wouldn't be able to take care of my mom like this and set her up at home. And that's what this is all about. It's all about what can you do for your family. And we found the way through real estate to help empower us and to give us those abilities to take care of our families, to take care of the people that we're surrounded by, to take care of our staff here at the office and to build lives and to build amazing things for our families, for the people we work with. And it's all because of real estate. And we want to pass that information on so that you listeners can do that for your own families as well. Amen. He's got a sweet mama. Her name is Sherry. Well, uh, we would love the prayers to come in for Sherry. I've got a sweet mama also. Her name's Joan. She's going through um, a lot right now. We'd love uh, anyone that would be willing to pray for Sherry or Joan. We would uh, greatly welcome that and be uh, very, very appreciative. But that is our show. We enjoyed talking to you about interest rates. That's a wild, wacky world out there that nobody has a crystal ball on it, but we've got pretty strong opinions. But make sure you check out some other content from The Homeboys. You can check us out at The Homeboys Podcast. We're giving you some short form, some long form, any kind of form. We just love giving it to you. We love helping people with their next steps in real estate. Keep following us. Till next time, homies. Happy investing.